Hey, what's going on, everybody? Ooh. Welcome back to the Par Bar. This is your boy Vince T. Along with me is uh, Doctor Twisted. What's up, people? Oh shit! <laughs> and uh, today we got a special guest with us. Um, but first of all, uh, you listen to the Par Bar on Island City, where the beach meets, meets the, the streets. streets. And uh, Mark, go ahead and intro- introduce our guest today, sir. Yeah, because t- today, obviously, you know, there was a uh, minus one name in the introductions. <laughs> Rich D's not with us today. Uh, sounds like he couldn't get away. He's living up in NorCal, as he calls it. I call it Upper Southern California. Um, but today on our show, we have a guest, uh, Matt Hunter. Hey, how's it going? Nice to see you guys. He's just a uh, he's a dumbass that digs holes, but he's an entrepreneur. And the guy tweaks out on being a genius at whatever he sets his mind to. Being All a right. retard. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So, and, uh, <laughs> well, let's... <laughs> Well, let's get into it, guys. <laughs> um, well, I guess I guess we should say, what's up? Not all retards will be in this position. Not all retards will be in that position. I think so. And um, I hope so. just so for the record, uh, Vince is using that term very loosely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if there's any complaints in the complaint box, please address them to Vince T for yeah, um, utilizing that term. I know it's disturbing to some people out there. Yeah. Wouldn't be the wouldn't be the worst thing I said. Can Vince retard? <laughs> so, anyways, we got Matt on here today. He's going to talk to us about um, what's going on with Wall Street today. Um, you know, we've talked about this a little bit in the past on some of the shows. Um, you know, with uh, GameStop and AMC and all these hedge funds, and you know everything that's going on. And um, but with that, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and lead it right on into you, Matt. Um, all right. Um, Maybe you should ask me some, just ask me questions, like the questions you'd want to ask. Like, what do you think? What's the forefront of your mind there? So, for the average Joe out there that uh, has never invested, right? Obviously, this is hot news. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm one of them. Like, I never messed with Wall Street. I never messed with stocks. I heard about it here and there, but I never educated myself. Mm. But when all this stuff hit the news and you start talking to people, you start saying, well, damn, this is a way I can make some money, you know? buy into something at a low price and 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 kind of gamble with mm. what i'm putting into it and hopefully it potentially make some good money um i didn't know how i had to ask around um i know i picked your brain a lot of, about a lot of stuff and it's hard to follow you man because you get so excited you just go on a rant with it you know and i'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. like i'm yeah. sitting there looking dope, for man. a pen and paper to take <laughs> notes and shit you know but, but um from what i understand from what you tell me you, you've done pretty well with it um, yeah, I've done I've done pretty good, at least on these two trades between AMC and, and GameStop thus far. So, yeah. So, for the average Joe out there, um, how can they get themselves involved and in, what, what should they be looking for? Yeah. Um, you know, how would they go about investing? What, what should they be looking for before they invest, like price-wise and market and everything else? What did you look for when you started getting into Yeah, so as far as like price-wise and stuff, I mean, I'm, I'm a retard that digs holes, so I'm not a financial <laughs> advisor, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of different stuff. And w- whenever you're going to take a position on a trade, meaning I'm, I'm going to buy a stock, right? That's how we're going to start this off. I, I want to buy a stock. Mm-hmm. And I need to look into that stock or security or bond, whatever it is that I'm buying, in this case it's stock, and make sure that I have conviction in that in that trade, right? Because I, I want to buy it, what you're alluding to, I want to buy it at say $10 and I want to hold this stock until it reaches a value of X. Let's say I think it's going to go to $40, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously if it goes higher than that, that's fantastic. But right. I want it to hit $40. What do I think the likelihood of that happening is, right? So that's where it comes down to what they call DD, like due diligence, right? So you want to look at certain indicators that that kind of point you in the most likely direction of the way that thing's going to move. So what would, what would the indi- indicators be? So in, in this case, with, with GameStop and AMC, you know, we're back in this thing way back up into middle of 2020, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit before. One guy, um, you know, is, goes by DFE, Deep Fucking Value, or Roaring Kitty, or whatever he wants to go by, depending right. on what platform he's on. He was looking through the financial statements and projections of GameStop and said, this company is under undervalued. Like, right. This thing should be trading at, you know, $12 a share. And right now it's $3 a share. I'm going to start buying this crap. Hmm. And he did. And he came in with an initial investment of about thirty-four dollars to $40,000. 
and now his investment's worth somewhere between, depending on what GameStop's closing at on the even day. It's about 30 to $50 million is, is what his investment's worth now. So he was able to look into all that information at a very intricate level, a very high level, and see those indicators. And it turns out he was right. He was on the right side of the trade, and he's made a ton of money on it. Mm. But for normal people, when they want to get into it, right now it's hot. It is yeah. hot. Mm-hmm. AMC, GameStop, and now there's sympathy plays that are coming in on it, right? So you've got BlackBerry, Koss. Um, there's another one that's popping up called Clove. Some of these seem to be distractions. The other ones are OGs. This is hot. So people want to get in. And the bad thing about investing is you can lose money, right? right. Yeah. There's always that side of it, right? It's gambling. It's a gamble, yeah. It's a gamble. It is. It's an educated gamble. Right. So if you're coming into this and you're like, oh, man, you know, I saw this guy on the internet and he's talking about, you know, X or Y or whatever. And this is going to, they call it mooning. You know, it's going to shoot. I'm going to make all this money on it. And you come in and you take this position on the stock and, you know, say you've only got 200 bucks, but that 200 bucks got to buy groceries and it's got to pay the utilities this week. Right. And you're going to put 200 bucks on this. Might not be a smart move. You might end up with 20 bucks by the time you pull out of this position, right? If you took the right position, I would never advocate for anyone to do this. If you are dealing with paying bills, buying food, supplying for your kids, do that first, right? Mm -hmm. But if you came out on the right position of it, if if we get into options trading, which I don't know if you're going to want to ask me about that later, Mm -hmm. you could take $200 and literally turn it into $5,000. But that is gambling on gambling on gambling if you do not it's a higher risk right yes you're you're leveraging if right. you don't understand the multipliers that are working for or against you on that mm-hmm. chances are you're going to lose your 200 bucks and you're going to lose it fast so how would somebody go about educating themselves on that to, to to figure that stuff and learn that right so you know there's if you wanted to go classic old school there's books mm-hmm. you, you can literally just dive into books on trading and what you're looking for and the securities and futures which Profit margins. You're looking for estimated profit and losses, quarterly earnings, all these things, projections, right? Some of that stuff you could get from, like, say, MSNBC or or Fox Business, right? That's right. that's kind of the old school mentality with this new movement, and I think that's something that we should focus on more, right? Uh-huh. This is like the democratization of the stock market. Mm. So this is going back to when people were being literally shit on by by the ultra elite. Mm-hmm. And what they did to us in 2007, 2008 was they gambled. Like I'm talking about someone going in and saying, I'm going to not pay my rent. I'm not going to buy food and I'm not going to pay my electric bill. And I'm going to throw all of my money into this on that obscenely retarded stock move. Mm-hmm. And when it fails, you guys are all going to pay me and b- bail me out. That's what happened in 2007 and 2008. They took all of oh, our shit. collective money through taxes and the federal government and bailed these bastards out. Well, now what's happened is that, that the whole game's turned around on them. So now people that have been doing a tremendous amount of due diligence, really diving into these sheets and analyzing all of this stuff. Number one, they found out that with GameStop, in my personal opinion, I'm a retard who digs holes. This is not financial advice. Right. GameStop was undervalued. And I believe today GameStop, in my retarded hole digging opinion, is still <laughs> undervalued. Okay? I have to keep saying it. Hey, no, I got you. I think it's going to go up. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of it is, what we also found out was, these fuckers are doing the same thing. The people that we bailed out, the Citadels, the Melvin Capitals, right? Yeah. BlackRock this time is on our side, but they're another hedge fund. These motherfuckers have taken these positions to try to bankrupt companies like BlackBerry or AMC more so or GameStop more so. So that what happens is, this is where I get crazy. And you're gonna, you, you bitching me because you have to break out a pencil. So I don't know how far you want me to go in this. Don't worry, man. I've got going. it out. Yeah, uh, you said old school. Mark is very old school. Okay. Yeah, but I have here. These people that took all of our money in 2007 and 2008 have continued to gamble at a level that is obscene and their positions now have backed them into a corner where because for so long they never got caught, they're caught now and they're fucked. So what's happened is a bunch of people like me, like you, I know you have a position in certain ones. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to have one after this. I have some. We've all taken positions against these bastards. And what they never counted on was 
we're all retarded enough and will stay retarded longer than they can stay solvent. Exactly. We're yeah. stupid we, enough to jump on it. We yep. just keep putting more money into this, whether it's the 20 bucks that I can afford this week or I know a rich dentist that literally just put $2 million Damn. in GameStop. So there's, they never accounted for this. And we see them. We know they're there. We mm-hmm. know we've got them by the nuts, and we're just going to keep doing it. There's no way out. And there's nothing they can do about it. And right this now. time, it's us that's doing it. The, yeah. the SEC isn't doing shit. All of these agencies that are supposed to oversee them are in their pockets. They're not. It's us that's doing it. So that's the beauty of this whole movement. Yeah. It's us that's doing it. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, when you open up your account and you see that you're up, in some cases, forty, fifty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars in a day. Yeah, it puts a hell of a smile on your face. Yeah. Shit, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I could buy a fucking Porsche right now, you fucks, and it's because of you. <laughs> and that's in a day. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Oh, shit, man. Uh, I guess one of the things that I caught is that they didn't see it coming. No. They, why, why? Why? The arrogance, right? It's is that it? They've been getting away with it for so long. Oh. Naked shorting is illegal. And it's been yeah. illegal since... At least since 2008, I think it might even go back into the 1980s with the the banking and loan crisis. But it's been illegal forever. They keep doing it. As long as nobody's calling them on it, they're going to keep doing it. Nope. They just turn into failure delivers and get rolled right back into the market. You want to hear something scary? I don't know what your guys' positions are. I might know a little bit of Marx, but I'm not going to talk about it. Right. There's a really good chance that you don't even have a technical real share. You have an IOU. You just don't know it yet. Right. Because what they did was they sold oh. naked shorts into the market. Then those turned into failure to delivers. And then they turned into an IOU that you're digitally holding. Mm. The great thing for you is it doesn't matter because they still have to give you the money. Yeah. As long as I'm holding it. Yeah. So, yeah. The, what, the reason they've done this and continue to do it is because they are so brazen and they never thought we would catch them. They never thought... Anyone who cared would catch them, and now they're caught. Now their pants are down. And a lot of that, oh, they shit. had they had to get bailed out with these loans. Yeah, yeah, that's something we could talk about too. Yeah. I want to segue into the, uh, the the repos. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. So uh, real quick, so once again, you're listening to Par Bar on Island City, where the, the beach, beach meets, meets the streets. streets, and we have Matt Hunter here, who's going to try to educate some of us and uh, kind of help us dive down this rabbit hole of uh, AMC and GameStop stocks and happenings what's happening today yeah yeah so getting into the the the, uh the loans right Mm -hmm. the loans that they get from the government so within the past few days you know i don't know when this is going to go out and and everything else i don't know if you want to throw dates and stuff but i'll say the past few days sure the federal government releases lists right because they're beholden theoretically to us so the fed is supposed to be for us we're we're the government right that's how it works here so they release these lists and they have these financial lists that show like, well, here's what the overnight Fed funds rate is. And here's here's how much money we've loaned out through that vessel. And, and here's what, like, say the interest rate, we're projecting interest rates going up because of inflation or interest rates are going to go down because the market's hurting. Right. They talk about this stuff. Well, we had one come out a few days ago and this is where it gets really interesting. It's it's the repo rate. So the Fed loans out tons of money, tons of money, billions of dollars. And it goes out and eventually they say, okay, we want that money back plus interest. That's the way it's supposed to work. Right. right. Well, just as this last run up of AMC and GME spiking, which I don't know if you guys have seen that. I mean, AMC got up to 78 bucks yep. and GME magically tested this 340, $348 level again before they just crashed the hell out of it through naked shorting and other things. Mm-hmm. Right when that happened, it just so happens to turn out the Fed loaned out $720 billion. (laughs) To where? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, It goes to market makers and other institutional investors. Well, on a certain day last week, a few days ago, the Fed announced they want that money back. They want $720 billion back in 14 days. Holy shit. Yeah, I'd be saying that too if I owed somebody $720 billion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> well, at this point, I say that when I owe somebody $720 at this point. $7.20. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of money to owe somebody, especially yeah. when they want it back in two weeks, right? Yep. And you got to pull it out of your ass somehow. So Yeah, so that's where this that's where this gets really interesting and all the stuff that, you know, the retail investors, the apes, or whatever you want to call us, retards, right? I call yep. myself a retard. Um, 
we've been playing this game so long that it looks like they had to go and borrow that kind of money to cover and they're out of time you good yeah all right yeah we're good yeah yeah we're good something bad no, just no. I, found I, out you owe seven hundred twenty billion dollars to somebody. Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, not that bad. Shit, we ain't playing with that kind of money over uh, here. So. Yeah. So yeah, man, they owe they owe looks like a tremendous amount of money back, um, and that starts this clock, right? So the other thing that floats around in the ether, and to your listeners, I'm I'm not saying, you know, anything is for sure, anything's guaranteed to happen, right? right? But what we've been looking for is something called a margin call, okay? So getting back into the deep end of the pool, these funds that take these short positions, right, that try to bankrupt companies where tens of thousands of people work, they're terrible. These funds are terrible, right? Right. right. They take these short positions, but they don't actually have that much money, right? They have a lot of money, but they don't have that much money. So when they take these positions, they have to get the money and secure the position through banks, right? Because Mm -hmm. if I take a... It goes into puts and calls and everything else. The, the short end of a trade, if you want to go short, is called a, a put, right? I'm buying a put on a stock. I think it's going to go down. Well, they buy a lot, and they can make fake ones. It gets real crazy. But when they do that, they have to secure the, fi- the funds and the finances to do that, and they do that through the banks. So let's say you're Bank of America, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm a hedge fund. I want to take a short position. So I need to buy that, so I need to get the money from you. So I call you on the phone. We're pals, right? Just like we are in real life, actually. Yeah. Like, hey, Mark, what's up, man? Hey, I'm thinking this short on, you know, whatever dildo mate company or something is looking sweet here. <laughs> dildo mate. Yeah. Uh, I need you to loan me. I need you to loan me $2 billion because I want to take this position. And you go, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll give you the $2 billion. You'd say that to me anyways. I mean, of course. Yeah, if I had $2 billion, hell yeah. probably call you tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> I take that position and you go, oh, by the way, you need to pay me, uh, it's about 0.9% a day on that position. I go, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care. I'm going to flip this thing. I'm going to make billions on your shit. Well, what happens in this case is Dildo Mick Company is 10 bucks a share, right? I thought it was going to go to a dollar a share. You're watching it because you're in it too. You're like, this guy's gambling here and I know it. Well, Dildo Mick goes 20 bucks, right? And it does it over two weeks. And every day it's doing that, I have to pay more money and I'm going to keep calling you to get it. This is costing money because every time the share moves up a dollar, I'm on the wrong side of that trade. I have to keep paying money for those borrowed shares. Trying to keep up. Then all of a sudden you look at the ticker and it's like, hey, uh," you call me up, Matt. You know, I'm the hedge fund, Matt. And you're like, hey, uh, I was looking at dildo make and uh, it's at 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, yeah, Bank of America is not comfortable with this position any longer. We're going to need you to cover that. And that right there oh, is called shit. a margin call. So as soon as you call me and say that, I have to go and raise all the capital for the original short, which was $2 billion. Mm-hmm. Every dollar it's moved up. And you have to remember when you take a short position, so say you buy a put you're not buying a put on one share. One put contract is on a hundred shares. So I have uh. to raise the $2 billion for the original position. Then I have to raise a hundred dollars for every contract for every dollar I put in. So <laughs> the amount of money becomes ludicrous and that's a margin call. And then all of a sudden, guess what I have to do? I have to sell everything else I have to cover my margin call to you, Bank of America. The reason they took the money from the Fed because they didn't want to get margin called. So once the Fed wants their money back, is Marge going to be calling? Mm-hmm. Marge might be calling. And that's where we're all at. Well, they just, they, they're going to owe money one way or another. They they're going to be money. liquidated. Yeah. See, and, and a lot of people ask me like, dude, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no way they can do that. They're going to weasel their way out of it. Or this one, I love it. They'll go bankrupt. It's like, oh, hell yeah, they're going to go bankrupt. And then they get into something called liquidation. And that's through something else called the DTCC, where they call them the money cartel, right? Mm -hmm. So all of these big players, Bank of America, Citadel, BlackRock, all these people, they're part of this entity, this, this, what you'd call a, I don't know. It's like a giant corporation of money, right? 
they're all on the hook for it too because they all participated. So they each have to start bailing out each other as it goes down. So then all of a sudden, maybe everyone could be liquidated. And it was all because they made really bad plays for a really long time and then finally got caught. Basically like a financial karma's turning around and biting them in the ass right now. Basically. Yeah, it's going to be wild. I'm looking right. forward to it being wild. I hope it's wild. Me too, man. Yeah. Well, the wilder it gets, the more money we make. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know how that plays back into your listeners and, and, and well, how they can get into investing and things like that. But that's kind of what's... I think that explanation alone um, kind of explains a lot. Especially to our listeners, um, most of them being Polynesian, Micronesian, mm-hmm. um, at least, at least to me, because I'm, I'm I wasn't too privy to anything like in the market. Maybe until last year, maybe two years ago, um, I just went on a whim and I, I took that gamble and I, you know, I created an account and I bought, I bought, I bought with two different companies um, just because. I use both of them. Right. And I, I didn't have any, uh, you know, knowledge or anything. I was like, hey, let me, let me try it. I don't know what's going to happen. The most that's going to happen is I know I'm, I can lose money. And, yeah. you know, I, I came in prepared knowing that. That's that's my my right, right. my, my uh, safety jacket, right? Like, I know this is a gamble. Right. But I think, um, you know, what sucks is that um, there's a lot of people online, too. Um, you go. You can go on YouTube and type in finance and, and find somebody. Um, it could be Joe Schmo in, in Cleveland mm-hmm. that might not know a damn thing about it, but he might just speak really well. Right. And all of a sudden, a hundred people start following this guy. Right. Yeah. So that's how it can be dangerous, right? If you don't not taking your own due dil- due diligence, right. if you're not doing your own, um, you know. Um, and thanks for sharing that with us because. That broke a lot of things down for me um, in ways I haven't heard it before in that explanation. So I hope our listeners are really taking this to value. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, something for everyone. And I, I'm going to say this again, man. Like these people, right? And and I'm talking about those people on the internet you're alluding yeah, yeah, yeah. to, especially on YouTube. Sure. There's a lot of people that are cons, right? Yeah. And, and yep. you can spot those people because they want your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're trying to sell you a service. They're trying to, oh, I've got this special, you know, thing, Discord you can get into or whatever. And I do this and I do that. And I, I'll, they want your money, yeah. right? And that's They're, all they want. Stockbrokers want your money. Comes down to it, 401k managers, everybody wants your money, dude. Yep. And they, they, the only reason they can do that to you is because they make themselves sound smarter than you think you are, right? I'm going to tell you right now, if you're at home getting ready to make chocolate chip cookies, you can actually research this and do it yourself. It's Mm. literally that. It's just like that. I'll tell you what, I can't make cookies. So if you're at home making cookies, you're fucking smarter than I am and I'm doing it, (laughs) right? Yeah, you dig holes, man. Yeah, I dig. I'm a fucking retard that digs holes. (laughs) Seriously. So it's, it's, don't let these people con you into thinking that they're smarter than you and you can't understand this because it's just not true. It's just not true. The one thing I will say is it does become a time sink, right? So if you start getting seriously into this stuff, mm-hmm. you're going to end up spending a serious amount of time on it. But it also becomes kind of addicting, not necessarily in a gambling fashion. What becomes addicting is I'm understanding more. The hunger for knowledge. Probably. I'm, I'm yeah. making better better trades yes. i'm taking better positions and then it feeds back in where it's like i'm actually making money at doing this right so this is an incredibly powerful tool because i don't care if you work at a wendy's or if you work at a bakery if you dig holes like a retard like me whatever you're doing right you can take five dollars and turn it into fifteen dollars right even if it takes a month and and mark you and i had this conversation this morning i said i don't care if you make 1% on your money or if you make 5,000% on your money, if you're making a percent on your money, you're on the right side of the trade. And that right. means you're learning and you're getting better. That's all that matters. And for anyone at home that's listening, you know, what I'm getting at is just don't do it with more money than you can afford to lose, especially at first. Because what you just said, the way you said, talked about it, that's exactly how everyone's got to start, right? And there's a chance, you know, yeah. there's a chance that you put in 10 bucks, it drops down to five. Hey, as long as you're not trading options, you still got five bucks back. Yeah. You can still yeah. take that five bucks out and put it in something else and do it again. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's what I did, right? We're talking, I, I had bought three different stocks and then I, I even bought some of the Dogecoin because mm-hmm. Dogecoin was climbing. Right. 
Um, and I watched those other stocks. And the one that I really held on to was the AMC. I should listen to you and you talked about GameStop, but I got discouraged because I saw it dropping and then not doing anything. It just kind of fluctuated down in the low end. So I was like, you know what? I bounced out of it. I right. bounced out of everything else. And then that's what I did. I grabbed all that money that I did make and I threw it into my AMC. And I'm just sitting there watching it right now. And the way that I approached it, and this is for the, those people out there listening, wondering, um, I just looked at, okay, well, what can I afford? Well, you know, let me try, let me start out with a hundred bucks. I'll piss away a hundred dollars in a weekend. Shit, you know what I mean? Bar. Yeah, at the bar. Shit. Right. You know, so if I could piss that away on that, mm-hmm. you know what? I could put it in something that potentially help me out. Yeah. Double, yeah. triple, quadruple, whatever. And if, like Vince said, the worst that's going to happen is I won't make any money. I'll lose it. Right. Okay. But I've already committed because I could have pissed that away over the weekend. So, you know, let me put this hundred dollars towards this. Right. Then I see it growing and I'm making more. I'm like, you know what? Let me put another hundred. Drop another hundred. Then the following month or a couple weeks later, you know, I drop another hundred. And instead of blowing that hundred somewhere else, I'm dumping it in this thing. And I'm just sitting here watching it grow and going, holy shit, that hundred dollars is looking really nice right now. You know, so that's that's how I did it. So that's that's a bit of advice also. Do what you can afford that's that's not gonna hurt you. Um, it's not gonna be detrimental to anything that has to do with your household or your bills or anything, right? You gotta right, be smart with that's, it. That's that's my point. My yeah. other So I know I've talked with you about this a long time ago. Um but you know, you went the other way and I get it, dude. It's like, it's awesome when you're on the right side of a trade and you're consistently, it's consistently on the right side of the trade. Right. right. So if I, if I come in and take a position on AMC for a hundred bucks, right. And say the initial, initial position was at $10, the stock's trading at 10 bucks. I threw in a hundred bucks. I got 10 shares. Right. right. And then it runs, it goes to 40. Then you start thinking, oh shit, I should have put in 400 or I should have, I should have put in 800. You know what? I'm going to put in 800 more. Okay, so as you get better at trading, and this is for your listeners out there too, at first it's super fun, okay? There's there's a strategy here, and playing with the house's money is always a good idea if you can get into that position. Right. So let's say you took 100 bucks and threw it in when it was 10 bucks a share, uh-huh. right? It runs up to 40 bucks a share. You're sitting on $400, right? right? And you're say in a kind of a tight spot, but not, you know, you could afford the hundred bucks, but you're also still in a kind of a tight spot. I would tell you, take the hundred bucks out. Take mm. the hundred bucks out that you originally put in. You're playing with the house money now. You're out nothing if it goes down. Right. You're in a position, you put yourself in a position now where you can't lose your money. The money's off the table. You took it out. It's all house money. Now do what you want with it. Right? Right. So don't, don't get so caught up in the trade that you lose that conviction and you lose those price targets when you first came into the position, right? So if I came into AMC at a, at 10 bucks and I said, it's gonna go to 70, and when it hits 70, because of all the research I've done, I'm out, right? I'm mm-hmm. done with it. I would have made more money that way than doing what I've done with AMC now because I still hold AMC. Right. And AMC went from 78, so I wouldn't have hit that peak, but now it's down back to 49.80. Right. I think we're in good shape. It's still going to be okay. But my point being is if I would have kept to my original conviction saying, I think it's going to go to 70, I'm going to pull out. I would have more money today than I do right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you initially come into a position, especially for your listeners, if they are thinking about it and they are in a little bit tighter of a spot, as soon as you get up to the percentage where you have enough money to pull out your initial investment, pull it out. And now you're playing for free. Yeah. You're playing for free because you took all the money you put in back out and everything that's left in there was free money. So let me translate that to our people because they all go to the casino. <laughs> no, no, this, this and, is real and, shit. This, yeah, is this is real personal shit. experience here. Okay. You go and you throw $20 of your own money into a penny slot. Mm-hmm. And you sit there and you play that $20. That's your money. Then you hit. Now you you went from $20, you dropped down to say $12, you hit, took you up to $22. Now you're $2 in positive. You have $2 of house money. But you have that number set. And you're going to go, okay, if I get to this amount right here, I'm cashing out. If I get to this amount, I'm playing with house money. And I'm just going to keep on playing with house money. But I'm going to set this amount where if it drops, say with that initial 20, now I'm up at, say, $200. And I'm saying, okay, I'm going to keep playing with this house money. 
my my $20 is sitting safe. I don't keep playing with the house money. But if I hit $125, I'm cashing out. So you cash out and you're still cashing out and you're still in the positives because you've got your 20, your original investment plus whatever you made. So, you know, those people out there listening, you go to the casino and you play the slots, you know what I'm talking about. It's exactly what Matt's saying right here with, with uh, the way that you play with the stocks. You play with the house money. And as long as you're playing with house money, you're winning. Yeah. After you come up on your initial position you've taken and you get into a position where you can take your money off the table, take it off the table. Thank and God. after that, let it ride. If you want to let it ride, let it ride. Mm-hmm. But I'll guarantee you, because I've been on both sides of the trade as well. And when you see, you, you even play it smart like that. You come in with a, a $1,000 position, a $200 position, a $20,000 position, and this thing shoots and you're like, okay, and you pull out your initial 10, 20, 1,000, 2,000, $20,000 position, and then it shoots again. You're like, oh, I'm so in the money, and then it craps out. Yeah, and, and you're left with like your initial investment, but you're down to like 500 bucks because it crapped out. You could have pulled out at 80 grand, but it just turned on you. You didn't pay attention to all the fundamentals. It crapped out on you, and you're down to 500 bucks. You're like, I should have pulled out. It's always hindsight, you know? Yeah, it's name, always hindsight. Name of the game, right? That's- but thing is, you're still up from your original investment. Yes, in that case, yep. you are still up. You would still be up 500 bucks on no matter what it was. It's yeah. all about your mindset, right? Yeah. yeah. Like if, you, you, if you look at it like that, like, you know, you took a, not even a loss. You just you just missed out on a big payday. Right. But you're still winning because you still have your original investment plus whatever you've made that 500. So, so another thing that people yeah. that are way better at investing than myself that I'm friends with told me, they're like, emotions have zero place in this. If you yeah. let emotions come into your trades, you will lose money every time and you won't last long here. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Emotions have, you know, when you're at home with your kids and your wife or your husband or whatever you got going on out there, emotions have a great place. But when you sit down in front of whatever you're going to use to do this, whether it's your phone or you're using a laptop or even an iPad, all of that has to turn off. You make zero decisions based on emotion. This is not an emotional arena. This is only logic. You have your targets, you have your pull points, and you stick to it. And if you do that, there's a good chance that you're going to make money, especially right now with the way the market is now. You're probably going to make money. But again, you have to research the companies. You have to understand why you're taking the position, hold the conviction, set those price targets, and actually follow through. So that's a good outline right there. That is. You're asking me. Question. So let's say uh, you mentioned, well, you said the term tight spot um, quite, a, quite a few times. Which um, one? You said uh, people that are in tight spots, right? right so tight that, spots. that, so let's say, it's, let's say you have uh, a broke ass college kid, um, you know, um, majoring in finance or whatever it may be. Um, how are these uh, like simulation, uh, I guess, I don't want to say game, but like they, basically mimic the market and like you can kind of play with fake money um are those good practices or what would you i mean i mean maybe i i'm not <clears throat> i'm not familiar with those oh, okay so i can't speak to them um i cut my teeth trading you know actual stock and, and yeah. options and when you get into options you're cutting your teeth again but four different ways because you're sure. dealing with multipliers and things like that so yeah i guess i was just, i was just wondering because you know this is all in the news now. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of kids graduating high school this season. Um, you, you might have some kids that don't have money, but they might want to learn about how to invest. That way, when the time comes and they do have that one or two hundred dollars that they, they saved up and they want to invest in, like. So it, here's the thing with the simulation. Like, th- there's the main thing. Okay, if 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 human beings didn't exist, but the stock market did. However, that could happen. Um, you know, those simulations would be exactly accurate. But the problem is with the stock market, humans do exist and emotion does come into play and you cannot replicate that. You uh, just can't do that, right? Right. So, you know, there's terms, if, if any of your listeners are going on like Reddit and stuff, and they're probably already interested in this if they saw AMC and Jimmy, but there's terms like paper hands, right? Paper-handed bitch and diamond hands and diamond balls and all this other stuff, right? Diamond hands means you don't give a fuck. Like, you are so convicted of this trade, you don't care if this shit goes to, in some cases, like, ludicrous amounts of money. Like, a million dollars a share, you're not selling. And if it goes to one penny a share, you're not selling. You're holding it to $20 million. That's a diamond hands, right? A Mm. paper hands is someone who sees the price move like 10 or 20 bucks either direction and sells. Like, they're going to just, okay, I'm up 20 bucks, I'm out. Or I'm down 20 bucks, screw this, I'm out. You can't 
get that into a simulation. And even with all of the people I've talked to, and then a lot of the stuff I follow on Reddit and YouTube and even Twitter and everything else, Mm -hmm. this first run up on AMC, we can use that as a great example. You know, everyone's saying diamond hands, we're all diamond handing this shit to $100,000 a share. As soon as AMC comes out and says, we're diluting, they're selling 11.4 million shares at the market offering, and they're gonna dilute the shares. The price collapsed, and yes, the shorts flipped on it and just pummeled the shit out of it, and there was a dilution of 11 million, but at some point, yeah, there was paper hands in there too. People were selling because they were scared. How many? I don't know. And a simulation sure as hell ain't gonna know either. Right. Right. So if you're playing around with the simulation, it's like you might learn, you know, okay, this is how a stock would kind of look when it moves, but it's not gonna be real life because it doesn't have that human element, right? Right. And that's where you becoming a robot, if you can do it and turn your emotions off when you're making your trades, gives you the advantage, right? Because you are playing an arena full of emotional people. And if you're able to see that, mitigate it yourself, you can make more money in the long run. Oh, shit. That's, that's, that's dope, man, because I'm sure everybody wanted to ask. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I, at least I've seen different simulations and people like trying to get me to partake in it. I'm, I just don't because I don't want to have I don't have that much time. To do simulation, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with the money that I have invested already. The best simulation I could say if you wanted to run that is just download like any app but Robinhood, okay? Robinhood is literally robbing the hood. Robinhood is crap, right? But screw those guys. So if you wanted to get Fidelity, if you wanted to get Weeble, Schwab, any of these, anything. If you just want to download a ticker, just download a damn ticker, right? Yeah. Just if you want to run a simulation... Be like, okay, I bought $100 worth of AMC today. Or I bought $100 worth of GameStop today. Whatever it is. Run your own simulation. And just pretend. I hold that now. And I think it's going to go to $250. Let's see if I'm right. And watch it. And then say it went to $250. I would have sold. Right? You're you're playing a free simulation. You're Mm -hmm. just, you know, you're playing the stock market. You're just not putting money in it. Right. Right. Yeah. And then see if you're on the right side of the trade. If you're... If you're in that tight of a spot and you don't want to put your money in yet, consistently do that. Do that with three or four or five stocks. And if you get, say you did it with five stocks and you were right three out of the five times, you're still doing pretty damn good. That means you're coming yeah. on the right side three out of five times. Shit. Yeah. That's pretty dope, man. I like the way uh, Matt breaks it down for He does. He breaks it down good, and- He does it with no emotions. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> so what? What were these other? What were these other apps? Weeble, Fidelity. What was it? What else? I I personally use Fidelity for my actual stock holdings, mm-hmm. and then um, I like Weeble if you're gonna, again, if you're gonna trade options. Options for you guys are are incredibly risky, and they're they're a whole nother animal in and of themselves. I, I could have probably you guys have me on for five shows to talk about options trading. But right. if you're just going to do stock, I like Fidelity. Boring. It's a boring app. It doesn't have anything cool going on. The ticker kind of sucks. <laughs> but the nice thing about Fidelity is they're never going to pull the rug out from under you. They're never going to halt trading on a stock because it's going too high like Robinhood did with AMC yeah. and GMC and BlackBerry. Yeah. Like literally fuck those guys. All right. Uh, Schwab didn't do that. The major brokerages, they're not going to do that to you. The app's boring. It doesn't have a fancy ticker. But if you yeah. put your money in there, it's good, it's safe, and they're always good for it. And that's what I care about. If I'm rolling, you know, say you YOLO in 100 grand, well, I want to know goddamn good and well my 100 grand's in there, right? Right, and, right. Yeah. I told you what Robin Hood did to me the last time I was screwing with him with Dogecoin. With Dogecoin, yeah. I tried to sell my Doge when Mr. Musk went on and, you know, whatever, yeah. SNL. Uh, it took 48 minutes for my Doge sale to go through, and I oh, lost. Shit. I lost an extra 348 bucks because of that. Oh, because no when I hit sell, way. it took 48 fucking minutes for damn Robinhood to actually complete the order. Yeah, so by the time That's they completed it, yeah, it yeah. was down. Oh, yeah. some bullshit. That's Robinhood, baby. That is Robinhood. And if some, you're finally just like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm done. Wow. That's uh, I, I know I know some people that have Robinhood. Yeah. Um, I personally don't. I do, okay. and but but I know that there's other apps out there. I yeah. just don't know which ones are good, so that's why I mean I pick pick match brains, and uh, I roll with what he's saying. I trust what he's saying because I see what he's doing, and how he's going about it. So, which is the reason why you're here because I'm not going to bring somebody on to talk about this if I don't trust what they're saying. Well, so well. I- I saw a crackhead down the street. I was going to ask him. Well, trust me, that crackhead knows. <laughs> like he trades, he trades for crack. I don't know about stock. I'm going to see him on the way home. 
<laughs> but I know this position I got on this, this crack right here. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give me um, two stereos and a CD player for half a rock. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, buddy, we have uh, we have Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this this is really dope shit. Uh, but once again, you are on Island City, or you're on the Paw Bar on Island City, where the beach meets the streets. Ain't that right, Mark? Where the biatch meets the street. Oh, shit. <laughs> you back, baby. Uh, and, uh, man, Matt, thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, we have about, like, uh, 20 minutes or so left. I kind of want to pick your brain on... Let's see. How would you... First of all, let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Uh, about your story alone, not necessarily investing in. Uh, about oh, I got a crazy story, yeah. but uh, maybe maybe one day I'll write really? a book. Maybe oh yeah, we'll, we'll have. I'll tell you what, when when this is all concluded, yeah. maybe I'll come back and tell a crazy story. Shit, and it's a real crazy story. So yeah, has to do. Oh, with okay. the, the end will be stocks. The end has to do with the dumpster behind the shell station. Something like that, but it's not like the conversation we were having earlier. <laughs> it's not like that. Oh. That was all Intriguing. jokes. This one's like a for real shit. So I know about oh, it. Oh, okay. So yeah. Um, Which is another reason why I have so much respect for this guy because where he came from. So Nice, man. It's yeah. uh, it, it's very refreshing. You want to hear something cool? Oh, hell yeah. You want to hear something cool? Every one of my teeth is fake because I grew up so poor I couldn't go to the dentist. And I got a pillow for Christmas when I was eight years old because I never had one before. And he, the fucked up part about the pillow, he couldn't even put his teeth under for the tooth fairy. That's right. Because they'd all already <laughs> brought it away. <laughs> yeah. I said, I fucked so up. Dude. The tooth fairy don't give interest or what? Fucking <laughs> 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 put the tooth under there? Yeah. Hold, I on, should, hold on, hold on. Hold on I fucking. should get a hold of that bitch, huh? She probably owes me a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm With interest. Damn it. Shit. What wasn't supposed to be for Robin Hood? He's like, well, yeah, she probably does. It probably does, right, bitch? Probably a freaking direction. Like, well, they they were rotten, so you know, I give you fair market value at that time. So give God you a, damn, a penny, yeah. a penny and a half a tooth. Hey, you're still coming out in the green. Oh my God. Well, I came up, I had to do it myself, but yeah, fuck the fuck the tooth fairy. Yeah, I'm listening to. I can think of all my nieces and nephews right now just fucking pulling their teeth out and shit. Like, <laughs> I mean? And then hearing them say, fuck the Tooth Fairy, trying to put them back in. Fuck the Tooth Fairy. Embers <laughs> 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 and shit. Not, not working. You're not getting over on me, Tooth Fairy. Oh, shit. Um, a real, real quick shout out to uh, all the graduates. Yes. Um, Class of 2021. 2021, all high school and college graduates, man. Y'all doing your thing. <laughs> Um, send a shout out to our nephew Colin. Colin hey, Sablon. Shout out to Colin, yeah. Colin Sablon, just more Moore's graduate. Um uh star running back. Oh from Moore's High School. Um yep. talking to him today. He's got a couple colleges to choose from. He hasn't picked one yet. Um I think one of them actually back east, like New York or something like that. But hey man, wherever you get it, yeah. if, if it's a full ride, it's not about football, bro. Yeah, but shout out to him, man. He's gonna do good things with himself. Um proud of him. Dope, yeah. man. Congrats to him. Um, and we have Matt here. Uh, I'm going to call him a financial... Uh, retard. Retard, yeah. yeah. Financial that's, I think that's going to be the, the title, the, the of, the title of this damn show right here. Is financial, financial retard. retard. Yeah. And uh, they're probably going to think it's me and Mark, but um, no. it's quite all right. We're not that retarded. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I tell Mark every once in a while how much money I lost in a day and... He acknowledges I'm fucking retarded. You're fucking retarded. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'd probably be in all. I'm sorry. How much money was that, <laughs> um, Matt? If you had advice to anyone, let, let's say let's let, let's say since we just got off the subject of high school graduates, let's say because uh, I, I feel like the younger generation they're getting pretty boldy, uh, pretty bold with their uh, with investing. Um, now that they're of age and shit, you right. know what I mean? Like, I think now that they do see the YouTube fanatics and they, like, they're learning a little bit, maybe not the full truth of what's going on. Well, all this stuff's more mainstream now than yeah, it was, and right? Yeah, I, I think it might be, a, I don't know if it's trendy, but it's, if you think it's trendy, it might be a dangerous trend if you in, yeah. invest, you know what I mean? Like, just know what the, what the hell you're getting into. But um, I think if you know how to write out that trend, it's fine. Well, that's what you're, I'm saying. You're like, going to capitalize on that trend and then cash out when the trend starts to fade, right? Yeah, but if you're 18 years old, yeah, you, don't yeah, so, you know what I mean? So something I would say to younger listeners, man, is um, 
You gotta have a way to make money that is actually a way to make money that is your way to make money, right? And by that, I'm talking about like a trade, right? Mm -hmm. So say you're an 18 year old buck, you just got out of high school, strong back, weak mind, right? That's what I used to get told about myself. Mm -hmm. Learn a damn trade, dude. You know, th this stock market stuff, like a lot of it, it, it gets into this mystique of get rich quick, right? Like I, I can throw $100,000 at a trade. I'm, I'm a 42 year old man. Right. For me, $100,000 is a hell of a lot different than an 18 year old kid. Right? right. And they think, oh, well, this guy, you know, he's he's doing all this crap with the stock market. And it's so easy. It ain't easy. Number one. And number two, it's not my day job. Right. My, I make money literally digging freaking holes. OK. I've worked myself into a position where I've made more money digging holes because I dig holes for myself. But I didn't start like that. Right, right. I started out going up and asking people, give me a job. I will show up every single day on time. I'll be the hardest damn worker you've ever seen. And you'll never regret the day you hired me. And they would go, you're fucking hired right now. You're starting now. You learn how to do something like that. And you learn that trade that you're doing that in. That trade will make you money the rest of your life. You can go and lose a bunch of money in the stock market. You can go and make a bunch of money in the stock market. You could try to be a YouTube star. You can be an Instagram influencer, all that crap, right? If you have that trade, you'll always be able to provide for yourself, feed your family, and do everything else. Stock market, everything else comes second, dude. Yeah. So my advice to, to kids just getting out of high school is, yes, stock market, it's incredibly lucrative. You can make a ton of money, and it's a lot better than wasting money on partying. There's just no doubt, right? Like... If you're going to go blow $200 on a weekend, nah, how about go out and get some tacos and put $195 on a good yeah. trade that you think you're going to make some money on and build that capital. Yeah. When it comes to making money, get a damn trade, make your money that way. And then this stuff, this is where, you know, I'm I, like I, I told you guys earlier, I hit $24 million. I'm out, dude. I'm buying a Porsche and I'm out. But you must like Porsches, huh? I love Porsches. Nice really? Cars. German well, why, why, what's, it's, it's German explain. engineering, man. You can't beat it on a Porsche, dude. I used to, when I was a kid and I was like, you know, not doing too good financially, the only thing I could afford back then, because they were cheap, were Volkswagen Bugs. Hey, shit, man. And the ultimate Volkswagen was a Porsche. Yep. And I've always wanted one. So That's one of those. Uh, Which model? Uh, I want a Carrera. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yes. Well, very nice. Or otherwise, the 911, of course. Uh, if you ask me which one, I would say, of course, the 911 GT3 RS, but <laughs> that's like $287,000. So. Yeah, but you'll be at what, 24, 24 million? Maybe one day. Maybe yeah. one day. So, that. but my advice to 18 year old kids, and, and if you're going through college, man, that's freaking fantastic, dude. Yeah. But when you get out of college, use your degree, get that damn trade, and make your money. Make your money, provide for your family, provide for yourself, all the other stuff, YouTube, Instagram. When I say that, I mean like YouTube stars and Instagram, whatever the hell they call them. I'm an Instagram influencer, you know, and stocks. Treat it as a second. Don't make it your first, you know. That's, make make your money with your trade. Make your money with your trade. I think that's great advice. Very good I, advice. I think that's great advice because... You always have something to fall back on. Always. That and a, a lot of sh the shit that kids are on YouTube fucking Instagram it's gonna tell you otherwise yeah. it's gonna say do this first yeah gain well that's X what it's, and that's what it's designed to do uh, yeah. of course yeah. but one day fucking Instagram goes fucking out of business all that shit is gone or one day people just on Instagram don't like you anymore yeah. That, that, that's you say it. something that's offensive, right? I mean, <laughs> let's let's be honest, dude. The stuff we're talking about here today, man, cancel culture. All shit, of man. this could get us screwed, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it ain't gonna screw me because guess what I'm gonna do tomorrow? Literally, I'm going back to digging holes, pal. Hey, hey fuck I'm, it, I'm going to work too. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I, I think the moral of that story is is like, you, you gotta. Follow what you're good at, obviously, mm -hmm. and, and make your money that way. That's your that's your bread and butter. Figure out what you can do to make your bread and butter, and then do everything else at any other time. Like right. fucking, just be smart about your shit. Like you can make money in the stock market, but you ain't gonna be rich right away. And there's no get rich quick easy thing. Just no. not, dude. I don't. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't believe in that. I mean, I've tried to. I thought you, I tried, say, I thought you, no. might, you didn't believe there wasn't. I was like, oh, no, no, no. no. I don't believe in it. the Gibbons the shit. No, no, no. I, if, believe me, if I did, I, I wouldn't be sitting in this this spot right here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
Dude, Mark, uh, what else you got, man? You got anything? <sighs> no, you know what? He, uh, oh, you want to talk about options. Oh, yeah. For the people who don't know, I know. If, it, you, if you can. Give us a condensed. Okay. Kind of what you gave me earlier today. Okay. So options are an incredibly risky way to leverage your position. Okay. So we're going to keep it. Keep it easy here, just for math, okay? We're gonna say we have a stock that is worth $10 a share, okay? And it's really boring. The stock has been trading between $9.80 and $10.20 for six months. We get into these multipliers, okay? They're called Delta, Vega, Beta, and Theta. They're called the Greeks, okay? So this really boring stock at 10 bucks, I'm looking at it and I go, hmm, yeah, I could buy four shares for $40. Let me go into the options chain, okay? So in the options chain, that's where these contracts are traded, okay? So there's call options and there's put options. Now, I like calls. I'm not advising that any of your listeners buy calls. I personally like them. When I drop into the options chain, what I'm looking for is what is my Vega at? I want it low, okay? What's my Delta at, which is the multiplier for every dollar the stock price moves, each one of my shares on the contract moves that much multiplied, okay? So a standard Delta, let's say- Like you said, these contracts are 100 100 shares, right? Yes, that's also what I was getting into. Okay. So the Delta is saying it's 0.3. If the stock price moves a dollar, I get 0.3 or 30 cents for every dollar it moves per share. But here's where contracts are leveraged, right? This is giving you more leverage. A contract is on 100 shares of that stock. Every contract you buy is worth 100 shares. So if my stock price moved a dollar up, I'm making 30 cents times 100, I'm making 30 bucks, okay? If I just bought the four shares of the stock, I'd make $4. If I buy the option, the contract, and I'm right, and it goes up a dollar, I made $30 if my delta was 0.3. And then Vega. Vega is implied volatility. So if a freaking stock is super boring and it's not going anywhere, this is the dream you get in early, right? It's it's like nothing. As soon as I buy this option contract, all of a sudden volatility goes crazy. Everyone wants the stock. People are buying it, selling it, buying it, selling it. Luckily, a little more people are buying it than selling it. The stock price is going up. Vega's going up. So then I get to take my delta of 0.3 and I add my Vega, which let's say has jumped from 0.001 to 0.2. Now I add 0.2 to 0.3, I'm at 0.5. So now I'm getting 50 cents for every dollar the stock price moves up on 100 shares, right? So now I'm making 50 bucks every time the stock price moves a buck on a contract that cost me 40 bucks where this four shares would have cost me 40 bucks and I'd only be making a dollar on each share, $4, right? So it's a multiplier. Now there's the other big one that I want to talk to your listeners about if they're serious with with options. It's theta. And theta is a Greek fancy word for time. So when you go into the options chain, the further out you buy your chain expiration, okay? So an expiration date means on this date, this thing is done. It's either in the money where you get something for it or it's out of the money and you lose everything. The entire $40, if it doesn't do what I think it's going to do, I can lose all of it. I have nothing. I have no stock. I have nothing. It's a do or die. It is absolutely a do or die. Very ballsy. It is. I'll show you my stuff after I get it done and you'll crap. So... (laughs) (laughs) So... An option is more attractive the further out it has. Why? Because there's more time and likelihood that that could happen. Yeah. So when you're buying a contract, the further out you go on expiration, the more expensive they become, right? right. The riskiest contract you could possibly buy would be like, I'm going to YOLO. I think freaking AMC is going to $100 this Friday. Uh-huh. Well, there's people that do this. Uh-huh. You could literally go into the options chain tomorrow at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and fucking buy that contract. And you know what's going to happen? If it doesn't hit $100 by Friday, every penny you paid for that contract, gone. Gone. Poof, you lost it all. If it does hit $100 by Friday, you made a shit ton of money. So that's real hardcore gambling. If you buy an options contract further out, say two months, you think AMC's going to hit $100 in two months? Eh, you got two months. That's... uh... 
little bit more, uh, you bought yourself some time, really. And here's the last thing I'll say about the option, a call. You don't have to exercise, meaning you have the right to sell the contract. So if it even starts going towards $100 in two months, that contract is going to start making money because you bought it at a premium of, let's say, I don't know, 600 bucks, right? Right. So $6 a share is what you paid premium. As that price goes up, your delta's going up, your vega's probably going up, theta might be going down slightly, but those two are going up more. You might turn around and sell that thing for 1500 bucks way before your expiration. So you just came up on, what would that be, 150% gain? 120 to 150% gain in a couple days? That's options trading. That's what options do. Very high risk. Very, very high risk. High risk, high reward, (coughs) or fucking high risk, and fucking better go back to your trade, bro. You better, yeah, you better have the trade to cover, and you better understand that option and what you're looking at before you buy it. Because the other thing is, if you buy an option and IV is already high, and the price stays the same, let's say the price even went up a dollar, but the actual IV started dropping, Yeah, you're getting IV crushed, your contract is going down, even though the stock price is going up. So you have to you have to understand these things before you get into options. You will you you can get lucky and make a crap ton of money, or you will lose your ass. Shit, man, high well, risk, uh, high risk, uh, high money, or being lost. You know, um, shit, man. Well, thank you for joining us today, bro. Um, yep. I, I have a I have a strong feeling. You can call this an option feeling. <laughs> 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 that uh, you'll be back. Uh, we would love to have you back um, and just kind of keep us up to date with what's going on. Yeah. And yeah, obviously, after, after was, the squeeze, baby. Yeah. You yeah come, maybe cook, before the squeeze. I don't know. The next time you come back, maybe you'll be wearing your Conor McGregor fuck you suit. No, I wouldn't do that here. No, no. I got a special place. I got to wear that. Oh, I know that. Yeah. But I want you to wear it here, too. Okay. You guys can feel me. I'm <laughs> Conor McGregor fuck you suit oh man drinking his fucking whiskey huh? yep yeah yeah. and a Porsche GT3 911 RS yeah not that he's you know yeah oh man uh, Mark you have anything else before we close out um this section no um July 10th yeah man okay um July 10th July 10th July 10th July 10th Hard we bar. will be at uh, PIB in Santee Matt, hope to see you there if you, if you have time. It's a Saturday. All right. Um, July 10th, we're going to be hosting a, an event out there. It'll be uh, food, music, uh, good people. Um, it's our first, damn, our first event in over a year and a half. Yeah, since this whole COVID since, bullshit since started. COVID, yeah, we, we're we trying had, to get back on the train, people. We, so we had, a, we, we, had a, we had a big year planned last year. Uh, we had a lot of contracts almost locked in if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah. Um, but we're coming back, and thanks to... Uh, Everyone at PIB for for uh, letting us use their venue to, to host this event. Um, it'll be dope uh, once everything is locked in. Our, our food vendor is locked in. Uh, Mark, you want to shout them out? Uh, Heat the Grill. Heat the Grill is with uh, Mr. Josh Borja. Shout We've had him Josh. here on, on the show yeah. um, and his business partners. Um, right now, they're looking for a location. They oh, are shit. looking for a location for the restaurant. They are still cooking and catering. But they are looking for a location. Um, so if anybody out there knows of a location here in the San Diego area, um, hit us up. You know, hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on our Facebook. And we could pass that on to, to Josh and the boys at Heat the Grill. Yeah, but other than that, uh, yeah, July 10th. Uh, you know, it's my fault I haven't got a flyer out yet. It's just been a little, Oh, it's coming. Little, it's, little, coming it's coming, It's coming. Uh, but it's going to be a double van. I hope to see a lot of people out there, especially... Uh, family and friends that we haven't seen during this whole quarantine period, and uh, Matt hopes to be out there too. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, and another thing too, just just so for our listeners out there, I know you know with this whole COVID thing, um, with everything else that's out there, you know we, we kind of fell into the same rut as a lot of the, the businesses and everything, but we are still here. We're we're still here. We're gonna still keep going. We're still gonna keep going strong. And like Vince said, this is our first event of the year. Um, come on out Yeah come on come out on Support out. Pass the word around Par Bar is still alive Well and kicking Shit and we about to be Still drunk Just like how we were Pre-COVID I'll tell you <laughs> that much So come on out July 10th Pacific Island Brewing Down in Santee Yep And check everything out man It's gonna be a good time man, Like uh, always w- Once again Matt Thanks for joining us brother Absolutely. I appreciate all the knowledge um, we'll, sh- we'll be sure to have you back Awesome um, On that note uh, We'll catch you guys next week Escalators Shoot. Shoots This is Island City Radio